You're listening to the Play Like a Girl podcast, episode number 25. You play ball like a girl! I'm Nikki D with Play Like a Girl, made just for female athletes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Play Like a Girl podcast. I'm your host, Nikki B. Here at Play Like a Girl, we aim to encourage more confidence in young women who play sports and give them the necessary tools and advice to have an amazing career in sports and beyond. If you are a young woman who plays sports and lives an active lifestyle, or you know one of these young women, I am so excited you are here. Each week, we will either bring you a guest in the sports world or have a roundtable discussion of the many taboo and important topics in the world of female sports. Are you with me? Let's change the game. All right, Plague listeners, today's guest is a life coach disguised as a softball coach who helps girls feel badass. She's also a sponsored Nike athlete and Lululemon ambassador, owner of a softball clinic called The Package Deal, and a catching connoisseur. What a resume. Once I looked at her Instagram from a mutual friend's suggestion, I knew I had to interview her. Her clinic, The Package Deal, brings in girls from all over the world to coach younger female athletes to give them not just skills in softball, but also life skills as well. She's absolutely amazing, so please give a warm plug welcome to our guest, Jen Schroeder. All right, well, hello, Jen. I am so excited to talk to you. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Oh, love it. I Once I read your Instagram bio and started looking at all the content <laughs> you share, I was like, we need to have this girl on the podcast. I'm so excited for this. Um, so we, and what's funny is we actually had um, a group of softball girls. I don't know if you were able to check out the episode yet, but we had a group of softball girls come in and I just think you would love that episode. They had so oh, much, no. they were so wise at such a young age. They're all high school girls. Um, they're all, you know, D1 commits. And it was just so cool to talk to them. And so once, yeah. So then once I saw your Instagram, I was like, I can't wait to talk to her and just like see what everything you have to say. And um, I feel like so the softball cool. world is really cool. So I'm yeah. so excited for this. We're kind of like a cult almost. Like everyone's really it. like tight and connected. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Okay. Well, first first off, what we do with our guests is kind of do like a rapid fire question. So okay. are you ready for some rapid fire? I'm ready. Okay, Shoot. cool. So first one, where do you currently live? I live in Orange Park Acres, California. Oh, love it. Where did you grow up? <laughs> I grew up in Yorba Linda. California. Oh, okay. so Orange so you're, County. you're a SoCal girl through and through. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but yeah. <laughs> it's a great thing. SoCal's awesome. Okay. What sports did you play growing up outside of softball? <laughs> oh gosh. I played absolutely every single sport that I could. I just wanted to get athlete of the year, honestly. So <laughs> in middle school, I played legitimately every single one and was a cheerleader and was on ASB. I just wanted to do everything. I know. Oh, it's crazy. And then in high school, I played softball, volleyball, and track and field. Wow. In high school, you did yeah. all four of those. I did. I did. Well, three. So softball, okay. volleyball, track and field. Yeah. Gotcha. And track track was the same season as softball. So my uh, language arts coach or my language arts teacher was the coach. And so we'd go out and he would teach me how to throw the shot put and the discus during class. And that was my oh practice. My so like <laughs> we're like Wednesday, Friday and softball games are Tuesday, Thursday. And so that's how I could play two sports in the same season. Oh, so that funny. is too good. That is too good. Okay. Next question. What is your favorite quote? Ooh, 
Okay, I feel like I'm a big reader, I'm a big writer, so I think I have a different favorite quote all the time, but one thing that I continue to say when I'm going to speak to girls, and it was the theme of my catcher's retreat last year, is watch me. It's like mm. very simple, just watch me, because I feel like girls need something, like when, when someone's gonna tell them they're not good enough, or someone's gonna put them down, they're gonna doubt themselves, so that little just watch me is just a really powerful reminder, and so it's my favorite mm. right now. Amen. It's so funny you say that because that was my motto. No joke. Like last week, I just had no that way. in my head. Yeah, there's a little, a little something that happened in my life and I was just fired up and I'm like, you know what? Watch me. And I, yes. it's so funny that you said that. Yep. <laughs> uh, it was my theme of my retreat last year and I got one of my sponsors put it on uh, like 200 catcher's gloves mm. for all oh. the catchers who came watch me. So like on these gloves, that's what it mm-hmm. reads. And it's just so powerful. Yes, it is. Two words, but it's very powerful. Yeah. Okay, next one. What is one of your superpowers? Mm. <laughs> I would say like my voice, the way I can connect with people. Mm. I think I could walk into a room and walk out with 200 friends. Oh, and I don't, think, I don't think anyone can, I don't think, I, there are people who could do it, but I don't think everybody can do it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I feel like as a coach, that's something you really need because, yeah. I mean, yes, of course your actions are important, but of course, I think it's also a lot about what you say and that really makes a mark on your athletes and your students. So I love that. Absolutely. Okay. And then last rapid fire question, who is your favorite athlete? Oh man. <laughs> <sighs> I honestly don't think I have one. I really don't. And I hate because that's a lame answer, but (laughs) I love people's stories. Mm. So I'm so much more drawn to you. Okay. Not like when David freeze, like five years ago was the MVP of the world series. It's not that he had all the home runs and the winning hits. It was that he was a uh, St. Louis guy who was playing for the Cardinals and mm. wa- you know one for them like I'm drawn to these stories so I think each year and each season with each sport I find my favorite story more so mm-hmm. my one favorite athlete mm-hmm. oh I love that it's powerful and it's so true I mean like when we root for teams it's really like what we're connected to so it's the same thing for athletes it's really like who we connect to and I, I just stories are very powerful. So, well, let's dive into uh, your story. Right. So, oh my gosh, I mean, pretty like big, vague question, but Ugh. in in the best way you can tell us, who is Jen Schroeder? <laughs> oh Lord. Okay, so I'm the oldest of four girls. We're the first family ever to have four girls play division one softball, which was a huge thing. So I played wow. at UCLA. The next one played at Stanford. The next one played at UCLA and for Team USA for a really long time. And then the fourth one just got done at the University of Arkansas. She plays for Team Canada, currently training for the 2020 Olympics. So I'm the oldest sister of those four girls. Uh, After college, I got two degrees at UCLA, had full intention of going to law school, started teaching catching, very Mm. random, very niche, uh, like 20 lessons a week turned into 100 overnight. I now own a 20,000 square foot facility in Orange County where we train, no joke, about 400 catchers every four days. It's insane. People drive six hours one way every single week for a one-way, a one-hour lesson. And then I started another company uh, called The Package Deal. So that Mm -hmm. was founded by four former collegiate softball players. And we trek all over the country throwing these very inspirational softball Mm -hmm. clinics. We are sponsored by Nike. Mm -hmm. We are the first softball people, like person, athletes Mm -hmm. that have been sponsored by Nike since the 2008 Olympics. So in the last decade, which was a huge deal, we got to develop 
Nike softball, like swoosh softball, oh. which just launched this year. Yeah. And then me as an individual, I'm a Lululemon ambassador too for Lululemon. Mm-hmm. And then I do a lot of motivational speaking. I, I do everything. I do it all. Uh. Okay. Wow. What a resume. Very powerful. And I can't wait to dive into all of those things. But first off, let's start from the very beginning. So talk about like your, you you talked about how you played every sport under the sun. So talk about that and your family and kind of how um, you chose softball ultimately at the end of that. Okay. So I played baseball until I was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And then my dad tricked me into a softball practice. So <laughs> I thought I was going, he was a contractor owned a construction business. I thought we were going to one of his job sites and we park at a school parking lot. I'm like, Oh, he must have a job at this school or something must be building something. And he has a chicks sporting goods. Do you guys remember chicks sporting goods? I don't, they're not no. even in business anymore. It was, they got bought out by dicks. It used to be called ah. chicks. So he had a chicks sporting good bag. And he's like, you're going to this softball practice. And he had like the sliders. Like, you know, he used to wear like the knee pads. I'm like, here you go. I had no idea what I was doing. So I think softball was always my love. Like softball, mm-hmm. baseball was always my sport. And I played all the other sports just to be involved mm-hmm. and to have teammates. And I just love team sports. Uh, so that's kind of really how I started. And then even though I played competitive volleyball or did these other things, I think I always knew that I was going to play softball in college. Mm-hmm. Of course, I want to be an Olympian, but it was taken out of the Olympics. So that wasn't an option. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited that we're reinstated in 2020. But that's kind of my journey of how I chose softball. Oh, that is so cool. Well, and so did you, you played baseball first. So yeah. was it kind of, were you kind of, I mean, not offended by your dad, but you're like, I played totally. with the did boys not, and now. Yeah, I did not <laughs> want to play softball at all. That's why he had to trick me because oh, I wouldn't do it voluntarily. So he had to funny. trick me. That I know. Too, and if you know, if you know baseball or softball also, I played third base back when I was that age. Mm-hmm. And in softball, you set up in front of, you know, like 10 feet in front of third base. And in baseball, mm-hmm. you set up like 10 feet behind. So we go to take ground balls and I am by myself. No one is around. There's this group of people in front of me. I'm thinking, what are you guys doing? I was so unprepared. It was really comical. Oh, that is too funny. So what was that transition like? I know you were like 12 years old, but was it like a very difficult transition going from baseball to softball or was, how was that for you? I think more so it was different because I had never been around a group of girls playing mm-hmm. sports, really, <laughs> you know? So you're just so used to, and I also think that's what has helped me in the business world because mm-hmm. now I walk into a room and there's men there and it's just, we're all teammates or we're all mm-hmm. on the same playing field. Uh, so that was really good that I had those experiences, Mm -hmm. but I think I transitioned pretty easily. I don't really remember to be honest, but I clearly fell in love with it and never played baseball again. So, (laughs) oh my gosh, that is too funny. Well, and it's, it's funny you say that because I feel the same way with that was how it was for me with golf. And, you know, I played golf growing up and that's really pretty much the only sport I stuck with after like 13 years old. And I played with the boys. Like that's how I learned, you know? So now I feel the same way. Like I can hang with the boys, no problem. And it's, you know, it's nothing different. So I love that. It makes a really big difference when you have those experiences, especially at a younger age. It does for sure. And a lot of the things that you learn too, I, I feel like when you do play with the boys, um, you have more, 
I don't know what it is, but like nothing phases you as much, right? Because the boys, right. like they're so hard headed, like they don't really care about what yeah. everyone else thinks like us girls do. So playing with the boys, you definitely, and I think you learn how to play a little bit harder too, a little bit rougher. So absolutely. Um, yes. It's not as emotional. Exactly. Exactly. Well, talk about, so in high school, you pretty much, you played all the sports, but softball mm -hmm. was like your love. You knew you were going to play yeah. in college. So talk about the college recruiting process for you and what playing at UCLA was like. Oh my goodness. Okay. So <laughs> college recruiting has definitely happened earlier and earlier back in my day. You know, I graduated mm -hmm. high school in 2004. Mm -hmm. uh, you could not talk to a college coach mm -hmm. until your junior year, July 1st. And there was always a big tournament that stopped right around then. So it was just a really different experience because mm -hmm. you got done with the tournament, you had a line of coaches and it was kind of one of those things where if you had a line of coaches, you were highly recruited. And if you didn't, you learned in that point in time that you might, you weren't going to be highly recruited. Mm -hmm. So it was very different. It was very cut and dry. Um, and then you spent the whole next week talking to coaches. And then I invited, we had like 12 schools come in for in like at home dinners with mm -hmm. our family. And then from there you chose your five trips. So I picked UCLA, which historically the number one softball program in the whole world, super lucky to have gone there. Uh, and to me, it was surreal to get mm -hmm. that combination of tradition athletics and academics mm. and to be close enough to home but yet far enough away and to just be emerged in that culture uh, i am the biggest ucla fan mm. and i wasn't growing up but now that i went there i just feel so lucky to have had mm -hmm. that experience and to know that i'm a bruin for the rest of my life you're not just a bruin for those four or five years that you get to go there you know Yes, I love that. It's so true. I feel like people go to UCLA, like you said, they're Bruins for life. Like it oh, is, yeah. Die like, hard. Yes, die hard. Die hard. Yeah. <laughs> for well, sure. And like you said, it's the recruiting process, I feel like for all sports is so different now than it was Ugh. when you went to school, when I went to school. So now that you are a coach, can you talk a little bit more about how that college recruiting process works and if you have any advice for girls who are, are wanting to play in school? Oh yeah, absolutely. So for a while there, my best 12 and 13 year olds were committed in college. Oh my gosh. My girls <laughs> going into the eighth grade were wow. committing to college. That's when I started playing golf. <laughs> right? Like, can you, like, can you imagine? And it's crazy because one of my seniors right now who committed when she was 12 or 13, like just turning 13, you know, going into the eighth grade mm. is she finally just signed her letter of intent this year. And that was so so long ago. So now she's going to go to Oklahoma next year. It's crazy. They did just change like in softball. I believe softball and lacrosse's rules mirror one another now. Mm -hmm. So they did change it. So it's a little bit later. But my one piece of advice would be if you're committed, you're working hard and that's the sport you want to play, You there is a place for you. Like mm -hmm. undoubtedly there is a place, whether it be division one, division two, NAI, there is a place for you. And I would never let yourself get to the place where you are so narrow minded. Mm. I want to go here because you do not know where you want to go. Cause <laughs> I did not want to go to UCLA. And then I went on campus and I felt the emotions and the feelings of being surrounded in that atmosphere and there is no definition or explanation of how when you know, you just know. Mm -hmm. I firmly believe in that. So my piece of advice would be to stay open-minded and just stay your course and have faith knowing that you're going to end up somewhere and that place you're going to end up is going to be the perfect place for you. 
Amen. I love that. It's so true. I that's how it was like for me too. I there was a couple schools that I could have gone to, a couple schools that I was talking to, and my a couple of mine actually fell through. So I was like just down and out. Like, what am I gonna do? And huh? Sac State was like super close to home for me. I was like, I don't want to go there. It's a commuter school. Ah, but it's right. funny. Like once I stepped on the campus, just like you said, when I stepped on the campus, I was like, I think this is it. Like I just knew. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And it's so true. I think a lot of times. Uh, girls i mean any any high school athlete boy or girl like they're so hung up on going to the big school and 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 things like that which is great like it's great to have those dreams and aspirations and those goals but at the same time like don't sell short all the other schools because like you said you never know what could be the perfect fit for you and so i absolutely love that i think that's a really great advice um but then talk a little bit more about your college experience so you said like okay. ucla was just a dream come true but talk about like your softball career at ucla Oh my and gosh. how that all okay. played out. <laughs> so I, going into UCLA, I was the number one offensive recruit in the country, right? This huge, could have gone anywhere in the country. Awesome mm. recruiting experience. Great travel experience. Oh my God, she's the best, blah, blah, blah. And I went to college and I sucked. Like wow. absolutely sucked. Mm. I got hurt weightlifting and I didn't mm. say anything, which was the biggest mistake because I was raised as the Oldest daughter, no sons. My dad's a German immigrant. You keep your mouth shut. You go to work. That's what you do. Mm -hmm. You you don't admit being injured. That's a sign of weakness. That was my mindset. So during this process, I was getting more injured and more injured. So I had three herniated discs. I had an Easter. I mean, my body was crumbling. Mm. So I finally had to admit, you know, and it was sad because I was still in the lineup every day my freshman mm -hmm. year. I'm like, I cannot hit my, like if I fell out of a boat, I couldn't hit water. You know, that's how I felt, mm -hmm. like really. And so I had to really reevaluate who I was as a person. I had to really learn who I, my, what my identity was outside of softball. Mm -hmm. I went through some pretty low points of depression, getting really bad grades, just things that were so uncharacteristic to who I am. And I had to figure out how I can contribute to my team in different ways. So my college career ended on an extremely high note and played every day and was successful. But man, were there some really low valleys in my story. Wow, that's so crazy. Yeah. And it's funny, too, that you say this because I feel like with all the girls that we've interviewed so far on this podcast, it's funny how a lot of our, all of our stories are the same, you know, like if it's not yeah. an injury, it's really something else. Like some event that happens where we really have to come to this conclusion that we're not just an athlete. We are so many mm -hmm. other things. And yes, mm -hmm. like, it's great. Like I've, I said before, it's great to have dreams and aspirations and goals, but it's funny how I'll, everyone kind of has the same story, you know, of I had to really realize who I was overall as a person, not just I'm only an athlete and that's oh, all I Oh, it's a am. major gut check because we spend mm -hmm. so much time focusing mm -hmm. on our sports growing up, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a huge gut check. Yeah. And so what did you do because you, you know, in your freshman year, you said you were kind of like, you went from the, the top recruit to kind of like the mm -hmm. worst player. How did you come back from your injury and everything else and then become <sighs> a, a great player again? Uh, I think one, getting healthy, of course, mm -hmm. but two, deciding who I wanted to be and mm -hmm. realizing that my actions weren't matching up with my wants. And it's really hard to go where you want to go if those two <laughs> things don't match. So figuring out what I wanted my legacy to be, whether, mm -hmm. you know, what I wanted my legacy to be outside of statistics. Like mm -hmm. I wanted to be a team captain, a leader. I wanted to be a selfless player who helped others 
and, and that's kind of what the catcher does. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're hidden in this mask and wear this armor <laughs> and are squatting when everyone else's faces aren't covered. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just had to figure out what I wanted to be as a human being and mm-hmm. kind of watch that translate to who I became as a softball player. Exclusively on Paramount Plus, get ready Vamanos. to explore like never before. Swiper, no swiping. Oh, man. Swing into action. We need your help. With a girl who put adventure <laughs> on the map. I don't think I can do it, Dora. I'll protect you, Boots. Together, we got this. Todos juntos. Yeah. Dora, the brand new series. Stream with your family now, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Mm, oh, that's powerful. I really, really like that. Oh, that's so good. Well, talk about too how that translated from college. So once you realize that, and I feel like that definitely helped kind of create the path to where you are today. But you did say mm-hmm. you went to law school as well. So talk about kind of I was how... going to go. I was oh, going to go. Going so to I go. didn't. Yeah. So I was mm-hmm. like studying for the LSAT. Mm-hmm. And I just started teaching catching in my fifth year of college. Mm-hmm. So just was driving down to Huntington Beach to my like the person who coached me, my travel ball coach. Mm-hmm. He had a facility, he runs a huge organization. He said, "Could you do some catching lessons?" Mm-hmm. So I started to do it and I fell in love with the connection with the mm-hmm. girls and really feeling like I had a purpose because I was helping them reach their goals, you know? And and again, that's more so that catcher personality is it's not mm-hmm. about us, it's about that pitcher or our team and I felt that same sort of connection instructing my girls. And honestly, two lessons turned into 20, turned into 80, turned into 100. And then I started to put some stuff online. So I got married six years ago. And I didn't, oh yeah, long time ago now. (laughs) But I didn't want to lose my name. Like it was a huge identity to me. And so I at random, at random, threw up, Gentro catching, like without any thought, because Schroeder was my maiden name. Mm-hmm. And honestly, just because I didn't I didn't want to lose that name. And I started to put videos online and people from all over the country started asking me, Will you come here? Will you come here? So I started traveling, giving these catching clinics, and I realized that this was bigger than just catching. So then I recruited the three other girls who helped me found the package deal. And we started to do the same thing, but for all positions all over the country. And seeing the impact in that, I mean, we do 52 events a year. We just mm-hmm. did an event at Dallas Cowboys Stadium, which was the first ever female oh, clinic wow. done in an NFL stadium. We just partnered with ESPN last week for a major a major event. Just to see that one little step, right? Those mm. two girls in a 30-minute catching lesson turn into being voted the most influential people in our sport by ESPNW. It's crazy. Wow. We got a book deal. Like it's just these crazy, crazy things because of one decision. Mm-hmm. But it's not just one decision. It's committing to give everything you have to each and every decision that you make. Mm. You know, oh it's my that gosh. passion. That is so, so cool. Well, talk about, I'm so intrigued. Like that's that's even inspirational for me. And so how did, like, what was, I guess, the um, 
the time? Like, how was the process? Because you said it really took like that one, the first like lesson that you teached, and then you started yeah. getting recruited more and more. Like, how long did it take for you to really get to, you know, from that first lesson to where you are today with the package deal? Okay, so I gave my first catching lesson in 2009. So it's been mm -hmm. a decade, right? It's mm -hmm. been 10 years. Mm -hmm. We started the package deal in 2014. We did mm -hmm. one clinic uh, in Houston, Texas, and it was incredibly successful. That was January of 2014. And then we decided we that was not named. So it wasn't mm -hmm. called the package deal. Mm -hmm. Just like, let's see if this is going to work. And then in July of 2014, so you know, four and a half years ago, is when we started to tour and then we signed with Nike. We signed a three-year deal with Nike. Um, we're a year, we're like 14, 15 months in. Uh, but by year two, we were voted the most influential people in the sport. It's wow. crazy. That yeah. is so cool. Really I think like softball's, you have to remember, like softball's 100 years a hundred years behind baseball. Baseball is mm -hmm. a hundred years older than softball. Mm -hmm. Soccer. It's an inc like international sport, like golf. People can mm -hmm. do it for fun all the time. Mm -hmm. Like you don't really need to know a ton about golf to go leisurely golf. Mm -hmm. Right. So softball is a relatively new sport. Mm -hmm. So we are really on the rise right now. Like an article just came out by softball America last week. There are three revenue generating collegiate sports, men's football, men's basketball, and now women's softball. We just wow. hit 45 million in revenue last year. We're the third highest watched sport on ESPN collegiately, only behind men's football and men's basketball. So I think Dang. it's a lot about timing, right? right? I mean, so much of life is about timing. Right. And I think that we uh, we got in at the right time and, and nobody right. was doing what we were doing and we're extremely authentic in mm. what we do. Mm -hmm. It is, every girl is not just another number. We want to go and impact that girl and we understand she may or may not play softball for four years in college, mm -hmm. but the lessons that she is learning in our clinic to look people in the eyes, to hustle to where she goes, mm -hmm. to give 100% of what she has, those are things that will translate to whatever she wants to do in her life. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, there was so much good stuff there. I mean, the first thing I just want to call out is the fact that, you know, you like you said, it's been a decade. And I think that's yeah. the most important thing for um, girls to realize because you are so successful and I think you're just an awesome person for them to look up to. But you have put in 10 years of hard, hard work into it. So hard. it's not like, like it's happened overnight. Yeah, it didn't happen like, overnight. Like 20 hour work day <laughs> yes. is hard. Like mm -hmm. we fly 250,000 miles a year, right? Mm -hmm. American Airlines told me I flew around the world three times last year and I didn't leave the country. <laughs> so that's time away from home. Right. So that equity, I mm -hmm. mean, just grinding. And I think a lot of girls have this goal, right? Oh, mm -hmm. I want to do whatever. And then they give it a solid two months or one year and it doesn't come and they, okay, that's not for me. Mm -hmm. No. Did you, did you give everything that you have mm -hmm. to that one yes. goal? Yes, it's so true. And I, like, that's like for me too, you know, I graduated school in 2015 and I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm definitely not where I want to be, but I have realized all I've accomplished so far. And I'm like, I can't give up now. Like I have to keep going. It's only been three, well, almost four years now, you know, right. I can't. And it's so, it's so, so true. So I love that message first and foremost. Um, and then the other thing is, like you said, um, so I, I went and I looked at the package deal, your, your website yeah. and 
the one thing that I really got out of it was the inspiration. And like you said, all the other it's yes, it's about softball, but all the other life lessons and qualities they'll learn. And I think that was like the, the video you guys had on there and just like how you guys, you know, said things on your website. It was just so powerful and inspirational. I was like, they're not just teaching these girls softball. They're teaching these girls life lessons. And that oh my I gosh. absolutely yeah. loved. Yeah. We, so ESPN just threw their first ever softball tournament and they mm-hmm. did, um, Holly Rowe did a little like on camera interview with mm-hmm. me and she's like, okay, Jen. So I, I get to the, I get to the clinic, you know, I'm a camper. Like what, like, what do you, what do you, what do you teach me? Mm-hmm. I'm like, Holly, we are life coaches disguised mm-hmm. as softball coaches. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it's about. Like, sure. Mm-hmm. You're going to learn how to throw and pitch and catch, but you're gonna learn how to be a good human. Right. And I think that's the most important part, you know, like with being an athlete, yes, of course, like those skills that, you know, skills in your sport are very important. But like you said, too, there, there's times where you're not an athlete and in mm-hmm. life. So I just love that you teach them more than just their sport. It's also mm-hmm. about who they are as a person. Like you said, going up and shaking someone's hand, looking them in the eye, like those are very important things. And you never know if they're learning those at home. You never know if they're learning those things in school. So the fact that you guys can provide that to them is just absolutely amazing. I love that. Thank you. And so, okay. So what is some of your advice for these well, I guess because in the package deal, I don't know if it's high school players. I think they're a little bit younger than high school. But like, so we do your... we do ages eight to eighteen, and then we employ them when they're in college, and then they mm-hmm. join our roster after college. So we really have like the run of the gamut with ages. Oh, that's so cool! Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, what's your best advice for these girls that are coming in? Um, you know, to your to the package deal to your clinic. Uh-huh. Like, what's your best advice? And of course, too, for the girls that maybe can't attend these clinics. But what would be your yeah. best advice for those girls? I think what I tell girls all the time is, "You are you, right?" You ask mm-hmm. me what your superpower is. Like, your mm-hmm. superpower is that you're you, that you're an individual, that you're unique, and the quicker the quicker that you could get comfortable being you in a public setting around others, the further you're going to go in life. So Mm -hmm. the mistakes that I made early on in college, not being able to communicate with my coach about my injury or Mm -hmm. not being the real person that I was with my teammates because I maybe wanted to be liked Mm -hmm. or I wanted to fit in. You are you. The quicker that you be you, the better you're going to be. So don't be Mm -hmm. afraid to be yourself. Yes, I love that. It's it's so, so true. Um, what about advice that you have for coaches and parents of these softball girls? I think so often coaches and especially parents, mm-hmm. they get wrapped up into what they want their kid or player mm-hmm. to be. And so I would think try to take a step back. Try mm-hmm. and really listen to your kid. Of course, you want to be their number one fan, but they also need to know that you support them because mm-hmm. most times they think that, your critical or analytical voice is not supporting, even though that may be your way of supporting, they need to know that you love them as a person, not right. just when they do well at their sport. Right, it's so true. I I think that with, with any sport, it's so vital. You know, we've talked about that a little bit on this podcast and, you know, of course, like parents, they have the best interest at heart and even uh-huh. coaches, but at the same time, sometimes it just doesn't come across very well because yeah. they, like you said, they want them to do something or like they're kind of living their dream through them. So it's really taking a step back. And I think asking, you know, the 
the athlete? Like, what do you need? And like, Mm -hmm. you know, what messages come across well for me and what messages don't come across well for me and kind of figure out your communication styles and how you guys can work, work better for each other. So I I love that. Um, What are some things that you'd love to see happen for the softball world? Oh man, there's so many things. So one, obviously a, a professional league that can actually stand on its own two Mm. feet where girls can make money after college, Mm -hmm. because right now you cannot do one thing in softball and make enough money to live. So Mm -hmm. some sort of professional league, um, would be number one for me. Uh, number two would be, let's see, I'm trying to get creative because I feel like my answers are just like so typical of what everybody would want. No, but going off of what you just said, what do you think that, because you said that now um, uh, softball is the third most watched college sport. Right. So how, how, why do you think that doesn't translate from college and into a professional league? Like you would think if it's the third most watched, how is there not a professional league that's doing well? And like, you know, know. those, how are those girls not making money? It's so guys, it is crazy. <laughs> I'm talking girls get done with college and their contracts are anywhere from four to $10,000 at max to play three months. That's it. So it's not that, it, I mean, you can't, you have to coach, you have to, it's just mm-hmm. insane. Um, I think what happened is our, our sport in the last 10 years, five years, that's when we've really gotten popular. So it, mm-hmm. it almost skipped you know, it just mm. like skipped over the professional league and we're building from the bottom up. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that egos get in the way. And so mm. multiple leagues are formed and they fight each other and, and tear leagues down. Mm-hmm. So I would love for, it sounds so cliche, but I would love <laughs> for current owners to just open their hearts to try and connect with others mm-hmm. instead of doing things on their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think people are selfish that way. Um, it's just, it's really unfortunate. So I yeah. hope that the future is a lot brighter. Mm-hmm. Obviously ESPN picking up a ton of our games has, that's given us exposure. And that's why we're so popular collegiately right. is because mm-hmm. ESPN has given us that exposure. Mm-hmm. They're putting mm-hmm. us on TV all the time. Right. And because yeah. of that, the ratings are increased, you know, and everyone kind of understands baseball. So you get, you like softball because it's faster. Mm-hmm. Right. I can watch it, you know, like I, I yes. understand the rules, but it's faster. So I like right. it more. <laughs> That is too funny. Well, and I think that's true. Uh, We've talked about that as well on this podcast. It's just about the collaboration. I think people get so afraid of, well, if I give out my secret or if I, you know, if it's not all for me, then I'm not going to ever move on up in the world. And it's like, it's actually the opposite. If you collaborate Uh and if you work together with people, if other people are moving on up in the world, like most likely you will too, if you work together. So it's just funny how the the way it works because it's in a lot of other sports it's in a lot of other industries but um yeah i it's crazy and i but i really hope that for you guys that 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 happens and maybe they Me can too. figure out a way to yeah, yeah create one league that's super successful and because i'm sure if, if they did espn would pick that one up too yeah so. exactly Yes. So what is something that you would tell your younger self? It's funny. I see a sign behind you. It says, there's no Photoshop or filter for your energy. I love that quote. So I don't know if you can talk a little bit more about that, but then also some other advice that you would, you would tell your younger self. Well, I think like that quote, I am so energetic and passionate Mm -hmm. and give, and I'm loud. And I think when I was at my lowest points 
in my youth or high school or collegiate, I, I, I wasn't myself. Like mm-hmm. I just wasn't being me. I was scared to be the most boisterous or the mm-hmm. leader or I, I just really almost quieted my own self. And so my advice would be to never detour from where I wanted to go. And it's okay to have big, bold goals that are maybe different than your peers. It's okay. It doesn't mean you're wrong because you want to accomplish more than others. And it doesn't mean they're wrong because they don't want to accomplish those things. And I don't think that gives you an excuse to break women or your peers down, right? Mm -hmm. I just think that we need to all collaborate. And my advice would just be to be more true to my own self, Mm -hmm. be unafraid of who I was. Mm. I love that. Yep. It's so true. I think it's hard, you know, when you're in it, outside looking in, of course, it's so easy. And now for you and I, it's so easy to tell these girls just be yourself. But at the same time, you know, when you're in it and I get that, but I, I just think that if girls can learn to be themselves now and just own it and rock it, like they'll just go so much further and so much quicker. Um, but let's talk about before we kind of wrap things up, what is kind of give us like a rundown of what I know we've talked about it, but what is the package deal and how can girls attend these clinics? Yeah. So the package deal was founded by four girls who all played mm-hmm. collegiate softball. We all competed in the national championship game. Now mm-hmm. we throw over 50 events a year all over the country. So we were just in Traverse City, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Clearwater, Florida all last weekend within the last <laughs> three days. And uh, we throw the number one softball clinic in mm-hmm. our sport, which is amazing. Uh, but we go and teach individualized skills, pitching, catching, hitting, defense, leadership. Really, we are life coaches disguised as softball clinicians, mm-hmm. but they're very impactful, fast-paced, high-energy clinics where girls walk out honestly feeling like it was the best day they ever had. That is so cool. And so it's a one-day event? One-day event, one day event. yeah. Mm-hmm. And the one mm-hmm. thing, too, I love um, that I saw on your website is it's it's six girls to one coach. Is that right? Yeah, six to one. So very Mm -hmm. small player to coach ratio. Mm -hmm. Uh, We bring in, so what we do, we have a roster. We recruit Mm -hmm. just like girls follow their favorite players Mm -hmm. on, you know, ESPN or Instagram or social Mm -hmm. media. We do the same thing and then we invite them to be a part of our team. So at the end of the year, these girls almost get like a golden ticket and they get asked Mm -hmm. to be a part of package deal and then they travel with us. So we have different girls that come to each event. And then we also... If we are in Nebraska, we probably have six girls working for us from the University of Nebraska. So wherever we go, we bring our internal team. And then we also draw local talent from the biggest colleges Mm. because we want the girls who come to our clinic to have people that they can follow and watch. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. That is so cool. And what great opportunity you're also giving to the college girls as well. Oh, yeah. They love it. Yeah. That's so cool. Okay, Jen. Well, any final words or advice that you have for our listeners? I would just say, I think growing up, I was very judgmental. I grew up in Orange County, California, raised by this tough dad, right? (laughs) So if somebody else wasn't like me, I Mm -hmm. thought that that meant they weren't not as good. That's not, it it wasn't that. It was just, I I didn't like them as much Mm -hmm. because if they didn't have my own views, then Mm -hmm. okay, then we're not friends. 
And I think what I've learned being in business, traveling all over the country, going to these Mm -hmm. different cultures, connecting with people from different sports is collaboration and connection are two of the most important things in human culture. And I think it's our job to use our passions and our uniqueness to impact other people. And by impacting people, we impact the world. Mm -hmm. So to not be so narrow minded, to be very, you know, open minded and just be who you are and share that authentically, passionately, and selflessly. Mm, so good. Okay, Jen. So where can everyone find you? I know we talked about the package deal, so there's yeah. that. But so where can us. everyone find you? <laughs> yeah, you can follow me at Jen underscore Shro on Instagram. Or if you want to follow my catching stuff, you can follow Jen Shro Catching on Facebook. Love it. Okay, so final question for you, Jen. What does playing like a girl mean to you? Playing like a girl is being fearless in the pursuit of your wants, being fearless in the pursuit of your goals, giving everything you have to every single moment. Oh, I love it. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Jen. I've enjoyed this, this uh, conversation with you and I know our listeners will too. So thank you so much for being here thank today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right, everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Please make sure to share this episode with a friend who you think will enjoy this podcast. I'd love to hear your feedback and thoughts on this episode, so head to iTunes to leave a review. You can also send any questions or topics you'd like us to cover by sending us a DM on Instagram at playlikeagirlmp. We want to know what you want to hear. Before you go, screenshot this episode and tag us at Play Like a Girl MP so we know you're listening alongside us. Thank you so much for listening to episode 25 of Play Like a Girl. We hope you come back for more. Once again, I'm Nikki B, and remember to never stop playing like a girl. You play ball like a girl! docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean and a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire now streaming on Paramount Plus.